0: Hey, everyone. It's a holiday week. So we're going to replay one of our favorite shows from our first year of podcasting. We hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back with a fresh episode next week. Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal
1: person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor before starting
0: any workout or nutrition plan. We love doctors. We should have a doctor on the show, Daphne.
1: Let's do I it. I have like seven.
0: <laughs> you
1: should just see which one of them will be on the show. Do you show. think one of them would be interested? Totally. Yeah. I think
0: my um, my GP would probably do it, my like overall general doctor. Oh, yeah. I gave her my our podcast card the last time I was in there. Oh, so, seriously? Yeah. I was like... Just slipped it to her on her desk. I was like, check this out. Do you think she's listening? I have no idea. I don't wow. know if she, if she is. Hi, Dr. Patel. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope she is. She would be a funny guest. Um, so, uh Today we're going to talk about inflammation, which I feel like um, I have a special connection to because my last name is contained within the word inflammation. (laughs) I had never thought of that. That's right. Oh my gosh. Um, When I tell people how to spell my name over the phone, because F is a really hard letter to say over the phone and have people understand you, as is M. Mm -hmm. So uh, my mom always says F as in Frank, L-A-M-M as in Mickey Mouse. (sighs) Uh, ah, but I, I think you can pull that off a little bit better if you're like from the Midwest or if you live in the Midwest, <laughs> people give you like a little bit of weird looks if you do that in New York. So <laughs> I always say flam is inflammable. That's I feel like that's
1: yeah. New York-y. Mm-hmm. Um
0: But inflammation comes from the same root as flammable, I assume, which is
1: your body's on yeah, fire. Fire. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, um, <laughs> I do love the F as in Frank and L A double M M-M M-M. Mickey Mouse.
0: For more fun tricks about how to spell your name over the phone, you should sign up for our mailing list.
1: Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse. That's true. There are a lot of options. We'll go through them all yeah. on the mailing list. M M-M and M like the candy. Awesome.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and you can sign up for our mailing list on our website, which is just one more podcast There's a little um, like place where you just put in your email right on the front page, uh, and then we'll send you. Not just totally useless facts about how I spell my name over the phone, but useful useful information um, that we talk about in the show. I know we're going to mention a couple articles today. And those links will be in the emails. And then it will just come to your inbox. And then you don't have to do any work. And you can spend your do-work energy on exercising and eating nutritious foods (laughs) (laughs) and stress relief. Uh, So inflammation. what is it? What
1: is it? Everyone's I feel like, talking
0: about inflammation. Yeah,
1: I feel like there have been so many hot words lately. Hot mm-hmm. words, but that have kind of been bad words almost. Mm. Like, people always talk about inflammation. Inflammation kind of became a bad word, even right. though like not Like a very everyone, sexy bad word? Like, kind of a sexy bad word. Mm. Everyone's talking about anti-inflammatory diets, and I do feel like it has become pretty trendy in the media lately. Yeah. Um, and then there are other hot words, too, like like... Carbs and fat, so and stress. These are all kind of um, punchy words, mm-hmm. but the thing with all these words is they are not bad words. And I also do want to talk about how inflammation is not a bad word, but how sometimes it can have some adverse effects. So inflammation, at its most basic, um, at its most basic level, is actually a very common thing and it is our body's response to protect ourselves. So acute inflammation is normal. Acute inflammation is normal. And you can remember that because
0: normal people are so cute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're so cute, Joanna. You are. (laughs) So a lot of us are familiar with Inflammation in that we do have some classic signs of inflammation. So if we're just thinking on the surface level, if you sprain your ankle, well, just talking about it from the exercise science mm-hmm. standpoint, inflammation is almost kind of critical. We need it. So inflammation happens when there's either pain or redness or swelling or heat in a My given area of your body. My husband
0: stepped wrong off a curb the other day and twisted his ankle and his ankle got very inflamed,
1: Oh, is he doing better? He's doing better. Did you Thank ice you it? Asking. He did. Okay. Or I mean, did, yeah. <laughs> Joanna, did you ice it for Matt? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do my wifely duties of icing my husband's disgusting ankle. <laughs> did you ice it and feed him grapes at yeah, the same I did time and, and fan him? him? Yeah.
0: The fan that I made
1: for my own hair. That is such a great sign of, or that's such a great example mm-hmm. of, of inflammation. Yeah, so it was it's like the body. red and swollen yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why does your body so do that? The, it's the body's <laughs> way of healing itself. So all that's happening is the body is sending as much blood as possible to that area to start the healing process. So some other examples are getting a splinter, um, bumping your head, having a sore throat. So these are all signs of inflammation, kind of on the outer level. So once again, inflammation is normal. Acute inflammation is normal. <laughs> and it's good. Like It's good. It feels yeah. bad, but we need it to help our bodies mm-hmm. heal themselves when they get injured. Definitely. And also, you know, we always talk about how a lot of doctors will say, well, take Advil right away to reduce swelling mm-hmm. and reduce inflammation. If you do get injured, if you do have an exercise injury, of course, the Advil will help in the sense that it does reduce the pain. And, it, I, and I find Advil sometimes does really speed up the healing process of some sports injuries. Uh, however, inflammation is not necessarily a bad thing in this um in this situation so inflammation can be a good thing inflammation is a normal thing acute inflammation is the normal type of inflammation and that is your body's defense mechanism and it is to heal anything that has happened to your body and it is to send blood to an area to um, to start the healing process of whatever has just happened in your body. So injuries, sickness, that is a normal inflammatory response. So I assume
0: that since there's one called acute inflammation, there is also another one that is not acute. Exactly. (laughs) And what would that be called? Chronic Uh, inflammation. uh, I was going to say obtuse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still back in like geometry,
1: (laughs) acute obtuse angles, but yes, chronic. That's Mm -hmm. the one. So chronic inflammation is not good. So because of our current or standard American diet sometimes, just our current lifestyle, stress, inflammation has become very chronic with many people and that inflammation can lead to so many diseases. Yeah, I feel so. like if
0: you read sort of like um like world news tonight style headlines where it's just like the very top headline from any study and then like two sentences about what they've discovered it's like inflammation is the cause of every problem Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're probably they must be talking about chronic inflammation in most of those cases yeah um it seems like the science is still out on a lot of those things but there are things that we know that chronic inflammation negatively impacts in our
1: bodies Mm -hmm. right yeah Absolutely. So we have the acute inflammation and we have the the chronic inflammation. And I do feel like chronic inflammation has become very sexy lately. <laughs> Everyone's talking about it, mm-hmm. but which I think is a good thing because it actually is a big, it's a pretty major occurrence right now. Um, I feel like with myself and with everyone I encounter, I work, even like when I work yeah. with you, mm-hmm. um, with all the things that we talk about during our nutrition counseling sessions, yep. I'm always telling you uh, what are the best anti-inflammatory foods We talk a lot about salmon and fish oil and olive oil and avocados and all that wonderful blueberries and and at the um, and in a little bit we'll talk about ways to lower your inflammation but first I do want to talk about um, the body's uh, what chronic inflammation is and why it is, why it is no bueno. No bueno. Why it's no bueno. Yeah, so, ha- so what is it? How does it happen? Okay, so okay. Chronic, inflama- chronic inflammation happens when your body is in a stress response all the time.
0: Oh, sure. That, I know that feel.
1: We, we do know that feel. <laughs> and once again, going back to caveman time, mm-hmm. so the, the, the body's stress response, the flight or fight response, is actually, once again, a very good thing. If we didn't have that, we would all be eaten eaten by mastodons. Eaten by mastodons. <laughs> <laughs> so if we didn't have the fight or flight response, um, we, we probably would not have survived. Uh, the human uh, species would probably not have survived to this point in time. So the fight or flight response is, uh, we've all felt it before too. Either totally. the anxiety right before a presentation or, um, uh, say a, um, uh, a car swerves into your lane mm-hmm. and you just like, you know, or, or you're running and something jumps out at you and yeah. you like jump <laughs> like away. every or <laughs> time a stupid
0: chipmunk runs across my <gasps> yes. path when I'm running yeah. in the park, I'm like, ah!
1: Yeah. So there are so many types of uh, psychological stressors. There are so many types of physical stressors. And there are so many types of emotional stressors. And the body's flight or fight response is going to react to that. So really this fight or flight response has kept us alive for, mm-hmm. for many, many, many centuries. Because it, it, it forces us to act quickly it forces us to respond quickly. Mm-hmm. So in times of stress, that's when our pupils get dilated, our brain gets really sharp, and you've it, it heard also has of- that like sort of slow down
0: time effect. Like I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I was in a car accident when I was in high school, and definitely like had that like rush of adrenaline that like feels like time slows down, so that you like have more time to react. But actually, what's happening is this like speeding. Yeah, it's like yeah, totally, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. That's um, and that's also a part of well, because you're thinking so clearly, and that's why everything Mm -hmm. does feel a little bit clearly enough to not total my car. But sure, (laughs) when did you total your car? It was
0: in high school. I I was on my way to visit Matt, which only encouraged everyone he went to college with to think he was making up his girlfriend. They were like, sure, your quote-unquote girlfriend who lives in quote-unquote Minnesota got in a quote-unquote car accident and had to be quote-unquote picked up from her parents from a Motel 6 in Wisconsin and taken back home.
1: Sure, we believe you. Can we just discuss for a second how we also thought you had an imaginary I know! <laughs> in college? When
0: when my college friends and Matt's college friends realized we both existed and actually liked each other, it was the whole our whole communities
1: were shocked. <laughs> I don't know what I should take from that, but <laughs> but many years later, we know that you guys were telling the truth. Um, Icing his
0: ankle at night
1: and. <laughs> And feeding him grapes. Feeding him grapes. <laughs> as, so as chronic intended. inflammation oftentimes happens when our stress response... So with the stress response, we're supposed to have our stress, but then we're supposed to recover from it. Mm-hmm. So then the presentation is supposed to be over. Then the performance is supposed to be over. And you're supposed to have that um, huge
0: sense of relief. You're supposed <laughs> to have that
1: huge sense of relief. Um, or the... Um, or you realize something happened and then you're okay, you mm-hmm. know, like like the car accident, for example, um, or someone was chasing you and you got away. Hopefully, <laughs> so yes. so so the the stress response is then supposed to subside. So it's just kind of up and down and up and down and up and down. However, so many people in this day and age are in a chronic state of stress. Mm-hmm. And they are in stress all the time and they don't even realize that they're putting it upon themselves. Mm-hmm. So people with high stress jobs, people who, um, and, and then the stress will lead to things like anxiety, depression. So people who have high stress jobs, people who don't get enough sleep and also people who really, um, they don't let the stress come down. There are some people who subconsciously, they feel like they have to stay in that state of stress all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel like it makes them feel more Productive, maybe mm-hmm. it makes them feel like a better worker. Maybe that's just what they identify as. I'm getting a little psychological right now. <laughs> I'm getting a little like <laughs> metaphysical. But but, that's true. But I, I, think. I I like to explore. Um, you know, I always talk about the psychological aspect of everything. I think that's that's such a huge base of. But so for people who are in that state of. Chronic stress. Oh, I was gonna say too, there are studies about this with kids who grow up
0: in like tough environments. um, That, like, growing up in a situation where you're just like stressed out all the time, either because like your home isn't safe or your parents have drug or alcohol issues, or you never have enough food or you know, resources, things that you need that, like, chronic stress in childhood can lead to problems later in life because, and, you know, that's not any decision the kid is
1: making. It's just like what you're born into. Wow. That's, that's so, and, and yeah, and that's such an environmental thing. Mm-hmm. So they're always on guard. Yeah. They're always in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. So with this chronic stress that can lead to chronic inflammation because when you are stressed, you release cortisol and cortisol is a hormone that your body releases when you are stressed. If you release, and it's, it's fine. We need it. We mm-hmm. need some of it. Uh, it's I've talked about cortisol a lot in the past. That cortisol does make the body store a lot of extra weight. So if your body is in this constant state of stress, you're releasing all this cortisol. Um, yeah, of course, your body will probably, chances are, cling on to extra body fat. But all this chronic stress can lead to... Chronic inflammation. So there are some other things that also cause chronic inflammation, and that can also be uh, substances in the environment. So toxins, uh, food allergens, and inflammatory foods like sugar. Mm. So that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. So really, the main causes of the main causes of inflammation in the body—that chronic inflammation—are stress standard American diet, sugar, and toxins in the air. All my favorite things. All of our favorite (laughs) things. So what we want to do and what inflammation looks like in the body, it does, it it is swelling. It's swelling in the organs. It's swelling in the intestines. It's swelling in your muscles almost, and not like the good type of swelling. Not like Um, swole. (laughs) Not like swole. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing either. I'm, I'm imagining some like meathead guy right we now with like giant muscles <laughs> trying to get his pump on. They always have huge arms and little legs. <laughs> so there are um, inflammatory foods as well which we can work on eliminating and cortisol, once again leads to inflammation. So there are lots of lots of negative effects to chronic inflammation. However, okay. there are not negative effects to acute inflammation. Once again, acute inflammation is the body's immune system, sending blood, white blood cells to an area that has been compromised. So you're sick or you have an injury, whereas chronic inflammation is just a a um, constant state of swelling, a Mm -hmm. constant state of swelling, but internally as well. So that's the key right there. So. What
0: kinds of problems does it cause to have this like chronic mm-hmm. low-level
1: inflammation all the time? So chronic, chronic inflammation can lead to weight gain. So that's one of the the main things, and I feel like here at just one more, that's a that's a good good place to start, and mm-hmm. then we'll go down to the other the other the other things that inflammation can lead to. So. Uh, any weight you gain can also cause more inflammation so it's, Ugh, a, little it's a vicious bit, cycle it is such a vicious vicious cycle so the molecules that are produced by your fat cells they really kind of wreak havoc on your metabolism and that increases inflammation and it also increases your appetite and it slows it slows your fat burning mechanism and it also releases stress hormones so inflammation can absolutely lead to weight gain And that's this cortisol connection right Mm -hmm. here. But then the more weight you gain, the more inflamed you are. So that's absolutely a vicious cycle. Something also a way that I think you described it to me early on
0: was it's not that like that all weight gain is because of chronic inflammation or is necessarily because of like bad stuff that you did or anything like that, but that chronic inflammation encourages your body to hold on to weight. It doesn't need, Mm -hmm. um, And that's really why the weight gain part of it is, um, you know, uh, bad or like negative is it's not because like having weight is bad, but like, because it sort of, it's encouraging your body to keep stuff that it, that it doesn't like really want
1: on it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something we've talked about before too. When your body is healthy and happy and vibrant and, and, you are living a life of vitality and you're mm-hmm. hydrated and getting the nutrition you want and you're breathing clean air, uh, your body's just going to let go of what it doesn't need. Mm-hmm. And um, and that may show up as weight loss or it might not. Yeah. But like, yeah, like
0: you and I, you've definitely had times when I've like come in and you've been like, wow, like I can tell that you're like sleeping well and then yeah. you're like, you know, you look um, like you're uh, like not as inflamed. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, great, I lost zero weight. And you're like, great. <laughs> You can see it.
1: You yeah. can see it in your face. Mm-hmm. You can see it in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell when I'm really inflamed. Um, alcohol is actually very inflammatory. Ah. Yeah, because alcohol is considered a toxin. Sure. Yeah, which we've talked about in the alcohol episode. Mm-hmm. One of our so, most popular episodes ever, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, people love oh the my alcohol gosh. episode. Oh gosh, That one was a fun one. It was? Yeah. Listen back to that if
0: you haven't heard it. It's very
1: popular. We should get some rosé this weekend. <laughs> Do you mean summer water? <laughs> summer water. That's so good. I have not heard that. Oh, you weren't hanging out with enough yuppies. (laughs) So I made, um, I made frosé the other day. Oh, you did? You do hang out with enough yuppies. So I'll have to make it for you. Um, and it's so good for you too, because you're just blending strawberries with (laughs) rosé. So it's good for you. Great. Cool. No problem with that statement. So some other things that having too much inflammation can cause, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, which I feel like has also become very popular in the meeting. And fibromyalgia is just when you are in constant pain all the time because your muscles are constantly inflamed. Mm-hmm. Um, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome or IBD, which I'm actually very familiar with. I'm working for the Crohn's and colitis foundation. Crohn's and colitis are irritable irritable bowel diseases and, um, and there's no cure. And that's just a lot of inflammation within anywhere in the the digestive tract from the intestines to the colon. So um, it can lead to that arthritis is a big one. Itis? The the suffix? Yes, the suffix itis means inflammation. So tendonitis is inflammation of the tendon arthritis you know, is, is inflammation of the joint bronchitis. So Bronchitis is inflammation of the lungs. And so that's a little, I remember doing um, in seventh grade in science class, having like crazy, like pop quizzes. I, th- I, th- I feel like all the science classes would come together. And then our teachers, I remember we, like two students would stand up at the same time and they would like yell out like, suffix or a prefix and we had to like say what it was and itis is the only one that has stuck with me (laughs) so so, uh, having a lot of inflammation can just lead to allergies Uh, having sinus issues hypothyroidism, high cholesterol, uh, food allergies asthma and just immune deficiency diseases so having too much inflammation can pretty much really harm your gut. So anywhere in your digestive tract, it can harm your joint, your joints. It can harm your heart and inflammation can lead to heart disease. And a big thing that we definitely want to talk about is that too, having too much inflammation in the body, um, can lead to cancer too. Mm. So, um, and then there are all these studies that, that show that people who are too inflamed who then become obese have the highest risk. Of cancer. Mm. So overall, it is great to to keep the inflammation levels down and to just let your body do its thing when it's time for the the, the acute inflammation. <laughs> so mm-hmm. cute. <laughs> um, but chronic is not cute. Not cute. <laughs> so it's also really bad for your lungs, like um, bronchitis, emphysema. So if you think about how smoking is. Smoking is a a toxin, Mm -hmm. and you're inhaling all these toxins into your lungs. That leads to inflammation, so Ah. bronchitis. So it damages the gums in your mouth. It's really bad for sleep, and it just makes weight loss kind of impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of studies, which we'll talk about in a little bit, how it's linked to depression, but also something that I noticed from just like a physical standpoint, too much inflammation, you can almost see it in the skin. You can see like mm-hmm. psoriasis, eczema. Um, these are all things that are linked to a little bit of too much inflammation. When we have breakouts, it's probably because the body was under too much stress Mm -hmm. so it's like we always associate we think oh just stress leads to breakouts we're missing one little step there Ah. the stress led to the inflammation it led to the inflammation might have led to a little bit of hormone imbalance Mm -hmm. and then that's where the breakout came from it's like there are a couple steps in the middle that that we need to remember sure so you you um, reduce the inflammation and you uh, and that in turn helps your your hormone balance and then you don't break out so Mm -hmm. and it's not that
0: like just taking down your inflammation is like the answer to all of your problems. But um, it's sort of like a first step thing. Yeah. It's like um, like, uh, when you're, you know, trying to start, you know, your fitness and exercise journey, it's like, okay, just start with drinking water. Like, let's just see what we can get out of the way if we're just like hydrated. Totally. I feel like this is another one of those. It's like, let's see what goes away if we just take down that level of chronic inflammation and it's going to be different for every person. Like not every person is going to have, you know, a weight change because of, uh, taking down inflammation or, you know, necessarily a change in allergies or any of those things. But it's like a good thing to start with because it's, um, it's really just about like tuning up your body to help it work the way it wants to work. Um, so it's like a
1: thing that's good to do regardless Mm-hmm. For your overall health and overall yeah. quality of life. Mm-hmm. Because um, just think about this as making a, a couple changes. And we never want you to make too many changes all at once. But um, maybe if you buy a different brand of a household cleaner instead yeah. of something that is too bleach oriented. You know, even little changes like that will probably just make you feel better mm-hmm. in the end. So small, small, simple, simple changes. Yeah, we never want you to overhaul everything all at once because then nothing sticks. And that's just <laughs> psychology. <laughs> right.
0: Um, so, you said you know not a lot about allergies and inflammation. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. us what you know. As, <laughs> as a person who has sort of like low level seasonal allergies seemingly all the time, I'm always interested in how all yeah. this stuff works. So,
1: inflammation is, well, above all, inflammation is a, a protective response. But with allergies, it just means inflammation has gone awry <laughs> a little bit. And so I'm going to have you guys, um, let, let's visualize. Okay, spring has just rolled around the corner. Spring is here. The trees yeah, are the, blooming. The trees are blooming. The trees are, um, leaves are, bloss- or flowers are blossoming. And there are lots of, allergens in the air. So what are some of, um, well, you tell me, like what happens to you when I your get body? get itchy eyes, mm-hmm. get a runny
0: nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I get like, like foggy brain kind of mm-hmm. mostly that.
1: So for, yeah, it's, and those are such signs of inflammation, having mm-hmm. itchy eyes, so kind of a swollen red nose. Mm-hmm. And for me, I remember when I was a little kid, my eyes would swell up to like the size of, Walnuts, because of how bad the seasonal allergies were for me in California. And I would just like rub them. And I remember my throat always felt so sore. Yeah. And and then here's another thing I'm going to say. Imagine someone who's allergic to uh, peanuts. Sure. They smell or they ingest a peanut. What's the first thing that happens? Their Their throat throat closes up. So... Swelling, inflammation. Yeah, so once again, it's just that swelling and inflammation. In the case of allergies, it definitely is an acute response. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. However, in terms of allergies, you have to eliminate the allergen. You either have to eliminate the allergen or you have to take something to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to like counteract. some type of histamine, to yeah. counteract it. Because think about all these allergens. I'm not going to say allergens are toxic, because not all allergens are toxic. I love flowers. Right. Flowers are great. I love spring. Mm -hmm. I love grass. One of the itchiest instances I've ever had was at your birthday party. Senior year Uh of college. Was that when we had it? I think so. It was senior year. No, it was junior junior year. year. It was junior year. Yeah, that's right. So junior year of college, having a picnic in Central Park, and me and you and all of our college friends, we were picnicking, but playing in the grass and doing cartwheels and, and cartwheels and, and rolling around. And I have never had such bad <laughs> allergies in my life as leaving that park. My entire back, I remember, had just like just like grass imprints and like hives oh no. like sprouting up. And I could not stop sneezing. And my throat was itchy and swollen and Aww. sore. And my eyes were swelling. And I had to go home and wash everything off immediately. And then I was fine. That's good. And then I probably like fell asleep <laughs> very early that day. But um, so in this case, allergens are not toxins. However, be aware of the things that you do react to from an allergic standpoint. Mm-hmm. So once again, inflammation is acute. It's a great thing. If your throat is starting to close up because of, um, you know, the peanuts, it's your body's response trying to be like, no, you know, like we don't want this in your right. body. So Stay we're out just going to, yeah. So we're just going to close up your throat, you know, which is also really scary. <laughs> yeah. And like, we helpful, probably like, not helpful at all, but but the body is—it's—it's it's trying. It is trying. <laughs> it's trying. So that's the the allergen inflammation connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So we've um, talked about allergens a lot in my household um, because one of us—I'm not going to say who—is <laughs> uh, allergic to a bunch of stuff, and um, so there are things we've done to try and like lower the general allergen level in our house because um, the allergist that uh, someone in my family. <laughs> spoke to described allergies like a bucket and like you have like your allergen bucket and (laughs) you can put a certain amount in there without having a big allergic reaction but once your bucket is full it just like overflows and then you like kind of can't stop it so the the more you can lower the amount of allergens going into your bucket in general the less of a chance that you're going to have that like inflammatory response so some things we've done in our house Include We got um, like a mattress cover. Yeah. Because um, if you're allergic to dust or dust mites, that really helps. Um, We got an air purifier. Great. Um, It's just like, it's not very big. We got it off Amazon. It's probably like a foot wide and like five inches deep and maybe a foot tall. So it just like sits on the dresser and we turn that on at night. Um, we try to like dust and vacuum our apartment fairly regularly so that that stuff's not just sitting around in the air. Um, and there's a lot of like gross pest related stuff that is also allergens like cockroach dust. I always think of it as their legs. That's so gross. That's so scary. (laughs) But like, you know that like every place in New York is just like full of bug legs. So keeping your stuff clean helps keep those allergens down too. Um, And yeah, so I guess those are the major like home-related allergy stuff. Although my doctor also did recommend, there is a site that we'll link to in the show notes um, that has um, sort of like ratings of household products in terms of um, their toxicity level. And she did say, this sounds crazy to me as a normal person that like the cleaning products you use in your house could affect your body, (laughs) Um, but... If she says it and you say it, I start to like believe it a little bit more. Um, and the website has a list of sort of like the best and worst products to um, have around your house in terms of you know toxins
1: and stuff. Yeah, I think that'll be useful. So, Definitely, so we can check that out. Yeah, and I think um, having those toxic, uh, having toxic household cleaning products. And by the way, great job uh, anti-inflammatoryizing your house now. <laughs> No, but great job with working on the allergens of your environment. Yeah, that's definitely something he's talked that, about.
0: Um, Matt just like wasn't tasting food for like years because he was so congested. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. realize it. But like when he started like really dealing with his allergy stuff, he was all of a sudden like, oh, I can taste food. Really? I was like, oh my See, god,
1: that is so huge. And that makes me so happy mm-hmm. like because because then that just circles back to improving quality of life and just mm-hmm. tasting food you a little bit better. You too can taste food in the future. You too can taste <laughs> food. Oh, we've, we've also talked about tongue scraping, and you can taste mm-hmm. food better when you tongue scrape. I've started tongue scraping. <laughs> I got one from the internet. I'm so happy. <laughs> Listen to our our um, our teeth episode. And yes, watch your mouth is what about it's called. That. Well, and that's also a lot of inflammation talk too because inflammation and gum disease having too much bacteria so that means your body and which once again goes back to your body doing its thing if you have too much bacteria in your mouth if you have too much bacteria on your teeth of course your body is going to send a whole bunch of stuff up there to, to to make it swollen because it's trying to fight something so let your acute response of inflammation like give it a little bit of a break and tongue scrape and use Listerine because then we also talked about how gum disease can lead to heart disease because the first part of your digestive tract is your mouth. And so essentially you're just eating bacteria and Gross. then that'll just go into your bloodstream. I know. It's not weird to think that Yeah. I like wish they say that on commercials Yeah. because we just have this arbitrary view of like, Oh, gum disease and heart disease. But like, no right. one knows the the link like stress and pimples <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. leave it to Daphne to link it all up. I, yeah. That's what I like to do. I like to, I like to, um, really explain things so that we all understand everything <laughs> we think we do. And then, and then, um, yeah, the media does, you know, such a wonderful job of giving us all the correct information, sarcasm, that's, sarcasm. That's sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not normally that sarcastic, but, um, so some ways we can reduce inflammation yes. in the body. Well, first I wanted to talk before
0: we get to the like solutions part, there are a few, um, there's, like, a lot out in the world of the internet right now about things that might be related to inflammation, but mm-hmm. the jury is still out. So one of those things is depression and, like, mental health issues. Um, another are, is um, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Um, and then you talked a little bit about Crohn's and arthritis. Mm-hmm. But specifically with the mental health stuff and the brain diseases... Um, there may be a lot of really exciting stuff to be discovered in terms of how inflammation affects those conditions. Um, however, don't believe anyone who tells you that that link is scientifically proven because it's not yet. No, they're still <laughs> uh, working on it. They're still working on it. So definitely like investigate if you're interested in how those things might be affected by inflammation, definitely read what's out there. We'll include a couple things um, in the show notes Uh, From respected sources, but as I was saying to Daphne before we started like the main thing I want to say is like if you are feeling depressed or you know like you might be having like symptoms of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's like don't just eat a bunch of salmon. Like you need to go to the doctor. Like, yeah.
1: uh, And if you you, like, if you think you have Crohn's disease, you, you have to see a GI. You gotta see a specialist. You have to be on medicine.
0: Um, there, there is potential in the world of inflammation in these diseases, but we're nowhere near, uh, understanding fully how it works. If it is causation, correlation, causation, the other way. So, so jury's still out on those things. If that makes sense does make sense. All right, now I'll let you talk about solutions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's so true, too. I mean, with with these major diseases, if you do think that you, or if you do have one, or if you think you have one, mm-hmm. um, you do have to get medical help with those. You know, like with Stewart and his Crohn's disease, you know, we, we really do our best to eat anti-inflammatory foods and to reduce stress levels. And you can tell with Stuart, it's when stress levels spike either because of, you know, work or just, or like he's like, like married, just getting married, you know, <laughs> 60 days to go. <laughs> but, um, when those stress levels really spike and for Stuart, it's also when he doesn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. So if it's just a lot of nights where it's, you know, four or five hours and then, um, of like interrupted sleep too, and he's not sleeping well, maybe because stress levels are high. Uh, that is when his Crohn's flares really badly. And so it's just a lot of pain in the intestines, lots of stomach pain, lots of um, uh, he can't really eat anything because the inflammation is so bad in his intestines. So, you know, we do our best, of course, to try to reduce that pain and to to reduce that inflammation. Um, But he, of course, has to to take his medication Mm -hmm. too. So it would be awesome if we could get him to that point. Or we've kind of tried where uh-huh. he doesn't have to take that medication. So I think it's, it's if anything, a, a great kind of takeaway from this podcast will be to prevent all that stuff from happening to you just by focusing on your health now and just reducing your inflammation now. So you feel better. Mm-hmm. And so you prevent things from happening in the future.
0: But that's not to say that like people with Crohn's
1: like did this to themselves. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Well, it, it has been linked to stress actually. Yeah. And I know Stuart for him, it was when he moved to the U S for the very first time. I blame America. And yeah. And he says it was stress, um, just from so many, mm-hmm. so many changes all at once, but then the standard American diet. Mm-hmm. So America. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, see your doctor. point is, yeah, absolutely see your doctor. And but we'll, also, And we'll get a doctor on the show one day. Yes, we will.
0: We'll find a doctor somewhere. Um, but um, for those of us who aren't dealing with something quite so, um, you know, uh, urgent, uh, <laughs> who want to work on lowering our chronic inflammation, what can we do?
1: Well, we have to reduce your stress levels. Number one. Number one, above everything, you have to realize if you are in a chronic state of stress, you have to get yourself out of there, whether it's by... Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge if you are that type of person. <laughs> if you're always just kind of like frantic and running around and like, oh my gosh, everything... Like life is about to end and like the stakes are always so high and like work is so stressful and like this relationship is like so stressful. And like we all know that person. <laughs> yeah. like, we all know someone who is like that, and that is so not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, And I'm not asking anyone to necessarily change their personality. <laughs> like, if that's what you identify with, you know, that's totally fine. Um, but if you are this type of person, you really do have to give your stress some breaks. Give yourself some breaks. So some good things to reduce that stress, which will then reduce the inflammation, are, um, are meditation and working out. So working out is an exercise. Exercise is probably the top thing. Reducing stress and then number two, exercise. Most important thing you can do to reduce your inflammation. Number three would be to cut out inflammatory foods. So inflammatory foods, it's mainly sugar. And then if you do have a gluten sensitivity or gluten intolerance, eliminating gluten. And gluten is just a molecule in wheat. So that means you can still have rice you can still have potatoes remember gluten is not carbohydrates like those two words are by all means uh they are not interchangeable but if you do have some type of food allergy cut out that food and i want to say something on the gluten thing because
0: i think there are a lot of people cutting out gluten for this reason who don't actually have a gluten sensitivity mm-hmm. so don't i wouldn't start with eliminating gluten, like, I would start with working on, like, lowering your consumption of refined sugars. Yeah, gluten got kind of sexy, too. Gluten did get sexy. Or, like, yeah. you know, bad sexy. Bad sexy, yeah. Um, so maybe don't start there, um, because there are a lot of good things that you can get from foods that have gluten in them. Um, but if you do have a gluten
1: sensitivity, like, that's something to talk to your doctor about. Mm-hmm. And... Um- Uh, you guys do definitely do want to uh, and also like kind of like with me and my my dairy sensitivity Mm -hmm. (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) like that is very inflammatory for me it is very inflammatory for my system Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean (laughs) so slash um yeah I eat ice cream and I have to run to the bathroom immediately so yay I know it's it's so sad but, um, so figuring out if you do have some type of food sensit- sensitivity and realizing that any type of food sensitivity can cause inflammation and then just go ahead and eliminate that thing. So the most important thing as well, in terms of what to eat vegetables, mm. eat the rainbow vegetables have a lot of fiber. I think this is probably the most, um, Almost most like duh statement I'm going <laughs> to say, but vegetables are just really good for you. What? <laughs> no one ever told me that. <laughs> so eat vegetables. Um, if you're not eating organic vegetables, just use a fruit and vegetable wash just so you clean them really well. Uh, vegetables are just so great for your gut. The fiber is really great for elimination of waste. And vegetables also have the ability to balance hormones in your body. And vegetables also are giving you tons of, tons of vitamins and nutrients and minerals, and they're giving you what your body needs. So once again, we want to cut out the, the inflammatory foods. So for some people, it's dairy. For some people, it's gluten. And then for everyone, it's sugar, <laughs> processed snacks, um, alcohol. Uh, work on kind of reducing those things, but then adding in vegetables, and healthy fats. Healthy fats. Who here loves avocados? Me. We love avocados. Um, so avocados, uh, coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, grapeseed oil, these are such healthy sources of the good fat that we need. So the bad fat is a saturated fat, and that's the fat that is found in, like, Oreo cookies. <laughs> it's like to keep things... Um, well, saturated fat is found in other things in, in which at room temperature the fat is solid like butter um like butter so you know i i don't want to ever say butter is the devil because it's it's really not so it's like we have our friendly fats but then the the negative fats it's more the the things that are not necessarily natural like margarine um shortening and things that are pumped into processed foods to keep them shelf stable so of Mm -hmm. course trans fats so um another thing you can do in terms of Incorporating. If any of you guys are interested in supplementation, for those of you taking a multivitamin, you know, awesome. You'll probably be getting all of these things right now. But vitamin D is also really great for uh, re- reduction of inflammation. And I can attest to that. When I get my vitamin D, I am literally the happiest, most uninflamed f- person. <laughs> <laughs> and um, definitely work out. Another thing is turmeric. So that's a... It's, it's found in curry. It's a spice. It's a spice. Like a yellow spice. And it's also been getting very sexy lately. Mm-hmm. And everyone is Appearing talking about it. Appearing in lots of juices. It. Appearing in lots of juices. People are take, taking turmeric supplements. And um, I have one, I guess, success story in which I have a client who did start to take a turmeric supplement he had a lot of elbow pain huh. and I was working on it the best that I could in terms of correcting whatever was going on, figuring out where the injury was coming from. And the turmeric pretty much got rid of all of the inflammation in his elbow joint. know So I think it must be, it has to be correlated mm-hmm. uh, and make sure you're hydrated. Makes yeah. sense. And those are, oh, and dark chocolate. Dark chocolate chocolate is is a yes? Yes, dark chocolate. It has so many antioxidants, and it has tons of anti-inflammatory actions. Um, So all the things, they're called flavanols, and these are found in fruits and vegetables that are dark. So even though dark chocolate's not technically a fruit or a vegetable, but <laughs> well, the cacao bean. Yeah. So,
0: from a bean. so
1: we'll, we'll make rosé and then we'll have dark chocolate. Perfect. So, um, chocolate, dark chocolate is actually really anti-inflammatory because of its high level of antioxidants, flavanols. Flavanols are found in things that are dark. So think dark berries, dark fruit. Um, it's found red in a wine, lot of tea, right? red wine. Yeah. I know that's another one too, so it's like alcohol is technically inflammatory, but... It does contain some antioxidants. It's interesting. Sometimes I drink red wine and I feel like I'm like cleansing my body. Uh-huh. But then there are certain parts of the night when I will drink red <laughs> wine and I'm like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. I, I should stop, but I don't want to. It's probably like
0: one glass of red wine is anti-inflammatory, but three glasses of red wine is inflammatory or something totally. like that. I just made up those numbers. Yeah, but
1: Yeah. And that's, that's pretty, I, th- I actually think that's pretty on point. So a lot of people also talk about how the Mediterranean diet is pretty much the most anti-inflammatory diet because mm-hmm. it is so high in fish and, um, oh, and fish, by the way, that's going to fall in that category of healthy fats. I don't know if I said that. I know I said avocados. So healthy fats would be avocado, salmon, almonds, walnuts, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil. So if you think about the Mediterranean diet, that's kind of what they're eating all the time. And inflammation is really low in the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I really like is green tea. Mm Um, green tea is excellent. And then some other supplements in addition to turmeric, if you guys are interested in this is taking probiotics. So probiotics give your gut or your intestines, your stomach, lots of good, healthy bacteria. However, if you are feeling like you are getting adequate nutrition, you don't have to take the supplements, but if you are interested in taking supplements, go ahead. Just do a little bit of research first. Mm -hmm. I have heard
0: with probiotics that a lot of the probiotics that you take in like pill form essentially just like pass straight through you that they don't like stay in your gut and build happy colonies. I've heard that too. I would say definitely do your research and try to find research from like an, a different source than the people you are buying probiotics from before you cause they can be really expensive. Mm -hmm. Not all of them are, but they can be. So just like do a little research before you spend your money. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, Is there anything else you wanted to say about inflammation? No, that's it. I think that's um, that's all I got then I'll do a little (laughs) takeaway. Yeah, so there are two kinds of inflammation Acute inflammation is our body's response to illness or injury when it's like trying to send extra blood to a part of our body That needs to be healed and that is fine. It's good. It's what keeps us alive super great chronic inflammation um, comes from when our bodies are sort of in a constant state of fight or flight. Um, we're like releasing a lot of cortisol and basically like we never get a break from our stress response. So um, we're in this like constant state of, inf- of like over arm- overarching <laughs> inflammation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that can have negative consequences, including um, allergies, holding on to weight that your body doesn't really need getting sick, Um, Potentially a bunch of other stuff, although the jury is still out on that. Um, And so what we can do about that is um, get rid of as many allergens and toxins as we can. So um, I'll include some resources for that in our show notes. Um, Eating anti-inflammatory foods like healthy fats, vegetables, all that stuff. Um, Not eating inflammatory foods like sugar, sugar, and um alcohol and what are the other trans fats trans fats all that stuff um getting enough sleep is really important getting some exercise to help lower our stress levels um maybe like doing meditation or other um things that can help lower stress i'll include um, i do these four seven eight breaths where basically you like breathe in through your nose for a count of four hold for a count of seven and then exhale for a count of eight and you do that like four to eight times And that's supposed to, like, help your body get out of fight or flight, Um, and that's super cheap uh, and easy. Um, And then if you have, like, a more serious version of any of these things, your doctor may have medication that you should be on, and that will help. Um, But for most of us, sleep, exercise, stress reduction, diet, all that stuff, Um, will help
1: our bodies be less swole in a good way (laughs) exactly we just want to tell your body to turn off those inflammation signals and uh and to just be as as calm and uninflamed as possible great thanks Daphne thank you (laughs)
0: This is a feature we call Power Food, where we talk about a food that gives us power. (laughs) And this week's Power Food, we've already talked about a little bit in the episode. It is olive oil. So Daphne, why is olive oil so powerful?
1: I love extra virgin olive oil. Do you? Oh yeah, of course. I use it a lot. I use it with a lot of... We go through way too much of it. We go through a ton of it. We
0: used to buy a fancier kind and we we're spending too much money. So we had to back off a
1: little bit on our (laughs) fanciness level. So what type of extra virgin olive oil do you currently use?
0: Um, Some kind that comes in a square container that looks slightly better than like the lowest cost brands.
1: (laughs) So I love extra virgin olive oil. I use it for everything. Uh, So in terms of what I use extra virgin olive oil for... I actually don't use it to cook because it has a really low smoking temperature. Mm -hmm. So I use it when I'm making vinaigrettes or when I'm just drizzling it on something. You actually get more health benefits from it when you don't cook, um, when you don't use it to to cook. Because if you use extra virgin olive oil to cook, if you turn the heat up really high, uh, then what's going to happen is all the goodness is going to get cooked out. So... I use either coconut oil to cook with or just canola oil, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine. So extra virgin olive oil is best eaten raw. (laughs) (laughs) So extra virgin olive oil is one of the happy fats that we love here at Just One More Podcast. And it's made simply by just crushing olives and extracting the juice. So it's one of the few cooking oils, or it's just one of the few oils that's made without using chemicals or it's not refined at all. So in terms of the process of extracting it, it's very, very basic. So, and it also has just a really great flavor. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of, if you do use it to cook, because everywhere on Food Network, every blue apron, every recipe calls for extra virgin olive oil. Mm -hmm. So we now know that if you aren't, if you aren't cooking at too high of a temperature, if it's just like a really quick saute, Um, Yeah, go ahead and and you can still use extra virgin olive oil. However, if you are cooking meat and you know the temperature is either gonna have to be high, then I actually opt for, I actually recommend using a different type of oil and that way you still get the benefits out of extra virgin olive oil, but get a really good quality extra virgin olive oil. And I like to drizzle it on top of a sliced avocado with some salt and pepper, drizzle it on my quinoa, make a vinaigrette, uh, you know, salads, it's great. So those are my those are, those are the reasons why I love extra virgin olive oil.
0: And just remind us really
1: quick, what do happy fats do for our system? So happy fats are very important in that happy fats help bind everything together in our system. And also happy fats are going to help our body absorb all the wonderful things that we eat. So the example I always use is the salad. If you eat a salad with no fat, you're going to go to the bathroom maybe 12 hours later or 24 hours later, hopefully 12 hours later, and you will pretty much excrete all of the salad. So your bowel movement is going to almost look like the salad. However, if you were to have put avocado and extra virgin olive oil on it, your bowel movement will look regular because your body actually got a chance to absorb all the wonderful nutrients from the vegetables in your salad. It's also great for your hair. It's great for your skin, great for your nails when you eat it, and, um, I feel like now people use coconut oil on their bodies, Totally. but I feel like I'm sure there was a point in time when people in Italy were like using it as lotion and lip gloss. Oh, so.
0: yeah, <laughs> I used it as lotion when I worked at a pizza place. Yeah. Like, like yeah. my hands were dry cause they had like a squeezy bottle. Yeah. I would just like squeeze some on my
1: hands. Yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. Totally. You, use it for, use it for anything. And I remember one time when I was really little, I was taking a shower and I thought the bottle was of soap (laughs) but I didn't realize Debbie, my older sister, had actually put extra virgin olive oil in it so she could like put it around her eyes, like Ah. around like, you know, like the and we were kids, so she obviously did not have crow's feet, but like under her eyes and like the corners of her eyes. And I just remember like (laughs) putting it all over my body. And and I was like, Why, what is this new soap? I was like, it is not sudsing. And then Debbie um told me afterwards She was like, you used all of my olive oil. (laughs) So that's why we love olive oil. So
0: don't keep your olive oil in the shower, but do keep it in your kitchen. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Daphne. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah Versus The Many, who you can hear at hannahvs We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on iTunes, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at just one more pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash just one more podcast, or you can email us at info at just one more podcast.com. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.